Hello, I'm Sarah Hall, Watch Commander at Hereford and Worcester Fire and Rescue Service. Welcome to the Women in the Fire Service podcast, a show for those who champion equality and diversity in fire. Did you know only 7% of all firefighters in England are women, or that less than 5% are from an ethnic minority? In our first ever podcast series, we give advice and encouragement to people of all genders considering careers in the fire service. Volunteer hosts like myself, firefighters and other fire experts talk about our experiences and answer all your burning questions. Want to know what levels of fitness you'll need to carry out the equipment carry, a ladder lift or a dummy drag? In this episode, we explore firefighter entrance tests, what they are and how best to prepare for them. We give you key fitness tips from aerobic and muscular strength to flexibility. Be inspired, be a future firefighter. My name's Helen Chadwick, I'm from Staffs Fire, and uh, we've got the lovely Emily, if you want to introduce yourself, Emily. Yeah, hello everyone. Um, So I'm Emily, and I'm from North Yorkshire. Um, I'm currently a crew manager at York Station. So we've got uh, Sarah as well. So there's plenty of us about um, if you guys want to ask questions along the way. But the plan is what we're going to do is myself and uh, Emily are just going to talk through the physical tests, firefighter fitness, and then just go along with any questions that you have got. There's no such thing as a daft question, so please feel free to ask. My name's, uh, as I said, Helen Chadwick. I work for Staffordshire Fire. I have done 20 years service and the tests have t- changed quite uh, quite dramatically over the years. The tests are the same um, across the board, whether you're male or female, the expectations are the same. They do differ a little bit from service to service. So it is worth finding out if you do know what service you're going to apply for, what the sort of differentials are between them. But what we'll discuss tonight is, you know, generally what the expectations are, because they are nationalised. And then I'll hand over to Emily, because Emily's got um, more experience in the actual selection tests than myself. The National Firefighter Physical Tests form part of the selection process and you'll be required to undertake physical tests which aim to assess your level of fitness, strength and manual dexterity as well as your level of confidence in simulated exercises. So some of the following tests are designed to reflect operational practice and may change from time to time. As a candidate, you'll be asked to complete a medical screening form prior to undertaking any of these tests to ensure that you're fit enough to undertake them basically. Currently, the six national firefighter physical tests are a ladder climb. So that involves going up the ladder and taking a leg lock and coming back down again. Casualty evacuation, which involves, I know in staffs, it involves a dummy drag. A ladder lift, and this is involving um, basically simulating taking a ladder over your head. So it's, it's that upper body strength element. Enclosed spaces, which can sometimes involve being in a slightly confined space, in the, usually in the dark and or masked up and crawling through a kind of gallery area. Equipment assembly, which is when we talk about the manual dexterity um, elements of being able to put together a piece of equipment to take it apart again, usually in a timed manner and an equipment carry. So that's sort of a, a brief overview. Now, if you want more information on that, if you go onto the fireservice.co.uk website, there is more information on there and you'll usually find that most services do have some kind of uh, line that sort of show you people walking through the tests as well to give you a little bit more information. 
within Staffordshire, again, um, it varies from service to service. We've just recently gone back to the bleak test. So I don't know if uh, everybody's aware of what bleak test is. And the bleak test involves running back and forth. Some places do to over 20 metres, some people do over 25. And I know in staff it's currently 9.5 for a pass rate to get in. And then I don't know, Emily, if it, do, what do they do in, uh, in Yorkshire? Yeah, so we, we have the bleep test as well, which we use as an initial screening to kind of give us that understanding of, of your fitness, your aerobic fitness. Um, and that's a screening that allows you to come to selection test and you take that bleep test. If you're then offered a job with North Yorkshire, we'll then actually put you on a treadmill um, to do a gas analysis with you. Um, and that then tells us whether you achieve VO2 max of 42.3. So we'll use the screening and then once you're offered the job, you'll then come to our training centre. They'll go on the treadmill and you'll do a breath by breath on the treadmill, running at certain speeds and certain inclines um, until kind of you, you want to stop the test. But there's, there's lots of information as well on that, that actual test and breath by breath analysis available online. Um, you can actually set the speed on the treadmill and the incline on the treadmill to kind of do that test as well. So you get best practice out of it. But we are the bleep test. We're slightly lower than you, Helen. So we're 8.2 that you have to achieve because it is only a screening. But yeah, you will find that quite a lot of services differ with the aerobic test, bleep test, and quite a lot of other services use just a treadmill test to walk step as well. So best advice I would give you is if you're looking into a service to apply, it's great to have that generic fitness but to look into the detailed fitness of that service by contacting maybe the human resources team, or they will usually have an inbox, a recruitment inbox to find out what you will go through. Um, so you can start preparing and training when they start advertising and looking at recruiting. Um, so yeah, it's lovely to see all the names and faces pop up. And like I said before, I'm Emily, um, a crew manager at York City Station. Um, I've just left the training centre actually. So we, we do the actual selection testing at our training centre, along with quite a lot of other services. They do do it there. The six standard tests that are on the fire service website, um, I'll pop the link into the chat just before we leave. So everyone's got access to them in case they've never seen them before. We very much stick in North Yorkshire to just the national tests. So exactly what Helen read out to you, that's what we, we do. A bit more information on each test. So the, the ladder lift. It can be quite a difficult movement um, if you've never really trained that part of your body before. And that consists of um, a movement of a, a, a one rep max above your head of 25 kilograms. Um, in our services, you actually have to bicep curl it before you um, lift it above your head into a shoulder press. I know that some neighbouring services near us don't actually do the bicep curl first, they just do the overhead press. So I think the devil really is in the detail that you've really got to kind of check it out with what service you are applying for and make sure that you're kind of training to work towards that particular test. The 25 kilogram one rep max can be quite difficult. Again, if you've not worked them areas of your body before or you've not trained them. With that test, I know in some services you want, you, you do get a couple of attempts at it, but the, the best advice for that one would be to kind of use them muscles. If you don't kind of have a gym that you can attend, or any equipment available, things like press-ups, tricep dips. They're all really good exercises to train that part of your body. Moving on then, we've got the equipment carry test. Uh, and this is basically carrying pieces of equipment over a certain meterage. Uh, and it's a natural time test. So it's carrying quite a lot of fire service equipment, uh, such as we call it red hose. We've also got hard suction hose and a branch 
and a hose reel as well. You'll also carry a barbell back and forth. Some of it's running just with no equipment, just as you are in your coveralls and your PPE, but some of it is carrying it. The one that I'd say maybe caught me out and we will go into personal experiences later on in the session would be like the farmer's walks because it's something that I've never really done before so carrying a barbell at the front of my body over about 100 meters of again 25 kilograms can really work your your triceps quite hard and with it being timed that's the one that can be kind of like a last minute burner that you've got to push yourself through to finish. The ladder climb, again, that's using one of our biggest ladders, so our 13.5 metre ladder, and you'll climb the ladder with some of our PPE and some of our equipment attached to you, and then you'll do something that we call taking a leg lock. That test basically is to help us understand that you can follow and listen to instructions safely. So we show you the leg lock and we show you how to climb a ladder straight away. And you'll also get a like a trial go. You'll get an attempt at a lower round of the ladder before you actually put through the test so we can understand that you've actually understood what we've told you uh, and you understand what will be expected of you. And then you'll go up the ladder and you will perform the leg lock. And that there is basically to show us that you're safe, to show us that you can listen to instructions and so that you're not really scared of heights. And and on that little caveat there, I am scared of heights. So if you are, don't feel like this job isn't for you. I'm, I'm not a particular fan of being a pie at all, but with the right training and the right instruction, it's definitely something that's achievable. So don't let that put you off. The, moving on, the casualty evacuation um, is carrying like a, a dummy, a weighted dummy over a certain meterage. And again, that's timed. That one there, it can be quite a, a quad burner, like a lower leg burner. Um, if, if you've never done anything like that before, I know that I hadn't really done anything like that. And albeit I did pass, it, I did really feel it on my legs and think, whew, that, that burnt a little bit. So if you do have a gym, things like the sledge pushes or pulls are really, really good for things like that because you can actually weight the sled up to the right weight of the casualty and then pull it along and across. Um, and then obviously your lower bodies, deadlifts, squats, snatches. The equipment assembly is, is another test as well. If I'm, if I'm going to be honest with you, one of the ones that, that could have caught me out quite easily Practical thinking is really key and I didn't really have that going into it because I was a little bit younger. Things like righty tighty lefty loosey was something that I would have liked to have known going into it a bit better and taking your time and not pressuring yourself too much. So we actually put three, um, two people through the same test at once uh, and sometimes we do notice that people maybe turn it into a bit of a competition and they want to get finished faster and then they tend to make mistakes. So it's more being methodical but at a good pace as well. And understanding exactly what's expected of you before you do it. You will get asked if you're happy with the test. Are you happy to take the test? And do you have any questions? And that's that's really your time to, to you know, you, you, use your initiative and say, actually, you know, I'm not sure about this. Can I just ask this question, which can be quite nerve wracking for you when you're in a new environment. They will put you in PPE, like gloves and a helmet and like coveralls. And so it can be quite daunting if you've never worn anything like that before. But these are tips and hints that will will help you understand what's expected of you. And hopefully you'll feel confident enough to say, I need to know what's expected of me. The final test, confined space test. So that that there is 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 pretty much what it says on the tin. So it's it shows us that you you're okay with confined spaces. Again, I'm going to be really honest with you, I'm not okay with confined spaces. I go in lifts 
I'm not particularly comfortable in lifts at all times, but I managed to pass the tests and I have done further training on it in my service. So again, don't let the word confined put you off. It is quite a big space that you are entered into. You will have something put onto your face, what we call a breathing apparatus face mask, which does feel unnormal if you've never worn a mask on your face. I suppose one of the blessings of coming out of COVID might be that people are getting a bit more used to wearing masks um, around the face and mouth and nose area. So that might help people a lot for that test. And it is timed. And again, key to that one is we really kind of ask the question to our recruits before we send them in. Are you comfortable with what you're doing? And do you understand what you're doing? Because that's probably with all the tests, I think Helen will agree, is if you don't understand what you're doing, that's what will catch you out quite a bit with the fitness tests. I think people focus a lot on training really hard and getting really fit, which is really good because we want that that side of people as well. But it's listening to instructions that's that's really key as well for us in the fire service. So that's a bit more in depth on all of the, the tests that we do have. And the, the aerobic test that you will kind of go through as well, like really differs between different services. So me and Helen, thankfully, we, we both do the bleep test as a screening. However, when I got in and did the bleep test, my actual year-on-year -year annual fitness test is a chest-to-step test. So that's another word that you might hear from other services. There's the chest-to-walk step, and then there is just the gas analysis, gas analysis test on the treadmill. That basically, that test there shows us that you can achieve a VO2 max of 42.3. Um, and that's how much oxygen your lungs can take, which is really key for us in the fire service to know that if you are wearing breathing apparatus or fire kit, you've got the lung capacity and you've got the fitness to carry out that task um, that you've been asked to do. So if you've got any questions on VO2 max 42.3, that'll be a question to ask your fire service that you're applying for. You know, do you have any training programs that will help me achieve VO2.3? Uh, I know that North Yorkshire, we have a recruitment inbox and you email the inbox and then you can get sent aerobic fitness training packages over like six, eight, 10 weeks coming up to your recruitment process. So most services are really, really positive. Uh, another Another really good one to pick up on with these selection tests. Um, if you aren't actually going through the current process, a lot of services leading up to their recruitment process hold things like awareness sessions. Um, and they, they may be called like awareness sessions or have a go days or taster sessions. And if I could give any advice, that would be to, to get yourself booked on to one of those sessions. Hopefully they're quite local to you and you attend and you you undergo the selection test as like a, a fear to fail so you can go and you can take the test and you can see if you're you know you're passing it all all great you know the only advice is don't become complacent with passing that test but it gives you a feel for that test and I think sometimes if you do things once the second time you do it it feels much easier so you get your hands on the gear you get what it feels like to run in maybe boots or pp or coveralls and you also then get to see where you're at where the bar mark is and you know how much additional training you're going to need if you're enjoying what you're doing and if the job is for you and i'm sure if you go on one of the tasty days it absolutely will because it's we ran them for our last recruitment process and the, the have a go taste sessions were so exciting and people really got involved with it and really enjoyed the process if, if you're applying for a service and maybe they've, you know, they've, you've missed the taster sessions, I'd definitely email and say, is this something that you're offering? Are you doing any awareness sessions, albeit not in person, being online? Because we, we do have a lot of videos. When we did our recruitment process last year, we tweeted out every single test with myself taking the test so that people could actually 
physically see what what we were expecting of them before they came because COVID did hit so we couldn't invite people to our training centre. You can also Google quite a bit but again if you go on Google and you get on a YouTube video it might be a different service test so just try and follow the service that you're actually applying for and watch the videos for them tests. Helen anything to to add at the, the moment are you? Bob on thank you Emily it's a lot a lot more detail than I could have offered. I think um, the main thing to sort of say outside of fitness tests is we do get a lot of ladies sometimes, sometimes they don't either turn up to tests or perhaps um, they get a bit nervous or don't have the confidence uh, going up because it sometimes can feel like quite a, either a strange environment or unusual environment, the same as Emily said, or some people may find it intimidating. And I think it's just to reassure you that, you know, everybody's, very friendly and everybody's very helpful um, when you go to all the test centres and everybody just wants to support you to pass so it's just giving yourself the best opportunity with the preparation that Emily's talked around and a lot of the exercise contacting your local services that you're applying for to give yourself um, the best opportunity it can when it comes to the day but uh, I would certainly say to you you know if you if you get the opportunity to go up then please follow through um, if you do have any, you know, sort of any nerves or trepidation at all, then um, a lot of services are, like Emily said, are offering sort of like contact system. So, you know, that will be able to support you in understanding what would happen step by step on the day, if that was a concern. I think for me, it's just remains if anybody's got um, any questions at all. I've got, we've got a couple of questions, if you want me to pop in with those. Uh, we've got one from Angela. How much does the various equipment weigh? for the equipment carry, e.g. hoses. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that one if that's right, Helen. So the, the equipment um, varies quite massively on the equipment carry. So the barbell is 25 kilograms, and that, from fresh from memory, put me to the test here, is 100 metres in, in 25 metres. So you do 25 metres one way, and then back, and then back again, again. So overall, it'd be 100 metres, but you actually walk out 25, turn around, come back, walk out 25, turn around, come back. And that's the 25 kilo barbell. The hose itself, what we call a hose reel jet, is actually connected to a drum on our fire engines. The hose itself doesn't really weigh much. What does cause the, the problem is the friction and the pull that you get from the hose reel. So you'll basically hold the branch in your hand and you will get shown all these techniques. Please don't think that you know, you've got to absorb this all now. You hold the branch and you will walk forward with the branch a certain meterage distance, but because of the friction on it, it's very much about leaning forward with your body weight and driving through your legs to get that momentum to move the hose reel. Once the hose actually drops onto the floor, obviously that creates again a little bit more friction. So it's having that drive to kind of keep going when you're pulling the hose reel off the drum itself. The hoses itself, depending on, on which service uh, you are in, will vary again. So 70 mil hose is two hoses and they'll weigh under 12 kilograms. And you carry two in each hand as a farmer's walk. And then you'll carry one up at shoulder height as well for a certain meterage. But it's just the one weight. Um, you'll drop them back down and you'll pick up something that's called a hard suction, which with the strainer as well in the other hand weighs four kilograms which isn't very much but the if I could show you the piece of equipment you'd understand the difficulties that you come across with it because it's quite a wobbly bit of kit 
um, and you will be shown methods of how to carry it. There's under your arm carry or there's on the shoulder carry. And because it's quite a light piece of kit, it wobbles around a lot. So that piece of kit you will have to walk with. Also, albeit being very light, it shows that you've got a good core because you're turning with this bit of kit that's quite wobbly. It's a great test. And at times I've actually done it as a PT training session because of kind of the leg burner that you get and you really push yourself. But on the day, I think certain character with the characters and behaviors that you're obviously showing coming to an event like this, I think the determination and motivation of the, the job will, will really help you get through that equipment carry test. And the ladder lift is the only other kind of weighted one to answer the question, and that's 25 kilograms as well. And you'll need to lift it at one time. Um, so that's the one rep max weight. The and sorry, actually, the casualty evacuation dummy for our service is 50 kilograms. Um, I'm looking now to Helen to just confirm that it's the same for her service. And I think that was a, a little nod, which is yeah, good as well. Yes. So if you were going to weigh up your, your sled in the gym, it would be, you know, work to 50 kilograms. And then maybe, you know, if you can go a little bit more because make the test easy for yourself, uh, you know, train hard, test easy, as you want to say. So they, they specific weights for the test. Best advice me and Helen will give you is literally as soon as you know you've been invited to the tests, email the recruitment inbox and ask have they got any video links have they got any further information on the test that you're going to undergo obviously that if you are being invited to selection test it is going to be pretty soon and that's why i'd, I'd definitely advise training training way before and youtube north yorkshire site has got a youtube channel and the videos that we did last year are all the national selection ones so i will advise to go on there i'm sure south yorkshire west yorkshire they've all got the same as well so yeah definitely use the videos to your advantage where you can and I hope that's that question answered yes I think so don't ever feel embarrassed that you're being a pain and, or if you've got any contacts at your local stations I know this is advice we've given you for almost every session go down there and don't worry about feeling like oh perhaps you know they, they don't want to see me again or I'm, I'm interrupting them just keep going down because this is about your progression got another question how can you find out if you're if you're achieving 42.3? Okay, so um, this is a bit of a tricky question, and I'll be completely honest with you. Unless you've got the kit and equipment for certain tests, you won't actually be able to, to fully measure it yourself. So the breath-by-breath breath gas analysis, I, I don't expect anyone to have that kit readily available because it's an actual mask that you run a treadmill with that measures every breath and every mill of oxygen that you're breathing out so i'd pretty much probably write that one off that you're never going to get it as accurate as the treadmill test it's what kind of like professional athletes use or university use when they're going to do some research into something the kind of next step down from that would be there is something called a chest to walk step and that's on a treadmill. All the instructions will be on Google if you Google. And I can pop some links into the chat actually as well. The Chester walk step. You find yourself on a treadmill and you're at a certain kilometers per hour speed and you increase your incline every two minutes to a certain incline. And if you can pass that test without running or without touching the sides, that is a screening that VO2.3 for you is achievable. It's, it is just a screening though. So it's not kind of your golden tick if, if that's understandable. So that's another way of actually putting yourself to the test is the Chester walk step. There's also another test made by Mr. Chester. So it's the Chester step test. And again, that's readily available on Google. And so is the actual input in calculator that you need. And that's on brainmac.com. And you can go on there and you step up and down on a box 
for 10 minutes and the beat of how you need to step up and down on the box increases every two minutes you do need a heart rate monitor for this one and i would say that yeah use your smart watches your fitbits you know anything like that that you've got but please note that they do have like a degree of inaccuracy with them. They're usually out maybe six beats a minute or 10 beats a minute. So the polar heart rate monitors that actually go just underneath your bra strap and you wear the actual watch on your wrist as well. They're much more accurate and they're what will like we North Yorkshire in service. We've used them before to test people for chest to chest to step test. But yeah, your Fitbit would be a good screening or your, you know, your smartwatch, whatever it is that you've got. And you step up and down on a 12 inch box to certain beats. And that sound is available on YouTube. And it's just a beat that goes up and down. Other than that, the best other thing that you can do as a screening is the bleep test, like Helen says. We use it as a screening. Helen uses it as their test, which is great here. And do the bleep test so you could maybe use a sports field and measure out the distance of the bleep test. And it's the 20 metre bleep test in our service. Helen, is that the same for you, 20 metre? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. So you could use a sports field, which makes it really easy for everyone to be able to do it because you don't need any gear. You don't need a gym. You don't need any smartwatch or heart rate monitor. You do just need a, a bit of a sports field. And you can measure out that 20 metres and then play the bleep test 20 meter noise on your phone or through a speaker. And then you hit each side to every beep. It's quite simple to use. I think most people may have done it in school before and it tells you what level you're achieving. So it'll say you're now on level 8.2. And if you got to 8.2 for North Yorkshire, kind of thumbs up, that's the screening that you need to achieve for us. For where Helen's from, 9.5, you keep pushing yourself to 9.5. Obviously, you know, if you can carry on going, all the better because it's, it's good practice, it's good fitness. Um, and we're really keen in the fire service to kind of maintain fitness levels throughout your whole career. So, yeah, that driving, driving commitment. So there's a couple of easy ways to kind of get that measure that you can reach VO2 42.3. They're, they're what I'd use and they're what I have used and advised our recruits in North Yorkshire to use to go out there and practice and train. But the Chester walk step, Chester step test and the bleak test, definitely. Hopefully that's answered that one. Oh, Brill, so we've got a comment that East Sussex is 8.6 to 8.7. Brill, so there is a massive variation there, isn't there? But yeah, that's why we say, you know, kind of contact that service straight away. Got another one saying actually the barbell weight's 30 kilograms. So they've obviously chosen to up their kilogram as well. That's that's really key that we don't know what all the fire services weights are, but definitely contact that recruitment email address or inbox and say, can you tell me what weight it's going to be? What VO2 I need to achieve? And what tests I will undergo. And some services are um, even doing like um, a staggered approach. So there will be some tests that if you aren't successful on the day, as long as you pass some of the other tests, you will be given a, an opportunity to retry them, be given a, like a workup program and given you a certain amount of time. Obviously, that's not ideal. It's definitely good for your confidence if you can go into it with all of them. But some of these tests, I mean, for me, uh, the one that I was quite surprised that it was the grip test. When I joined, it was a grip test. And although I'd always been very strong and I'm quite tall, I'd never trained my hands, never really thought about it. And so it was one of those things that um, it wasn't until I started sort of really looking seriously and started applying that uh, I realised that was a specific kind of training that I'd never really looked at. So you don't feel if like one part is particularly difficult for you, that um, that's it, that it's all over for you. Yeah, definitely agree with that. I think the same in North Yorkshire, I completely agree. If Even if you turn up on the day, you do get three attempts at certain tests. So we'll maybe advise you, you're going to have to retake this test and we'll maybe 
kind of give you an instruction to what needs to be improved and you can retake the test on that day as well. Certain tests we don't actually allow that. I know along with ourselves and other services, they are doing things like reserve pools now. Services are recruiting year on year on that if you've got that that far through the process, it's all good experience and it's good practice into how we're going to go. So I think... Um, and me and Helen obviously joined like it's slightly different times without saying that there's an age gap, Helen. Sorry, um, but we we are now going to move into a bit of a lived experience of how we found the tests, uh, what training we did leading up to it, um, and what training we still continue to do now as as operational firefighters to keep our fitness levels up. So I'll hand back over to Helen, and we will have some more time for questions at the end. So. Yeah, so so for myself, um, I suppose I'll talk currently how I still man- maintain my fitness. So I do a lot of resistance training and weight training, and it's just personal preference. It's something that I enjoy. A lot of things that are good for this are like sort of HIT training, CrossFit, that kind of thing, which sort of hit resistance training and sort of cardio as well. Again, um, as Emily's referred to earlier, there's a lot of online content, so you haven't necessarily got to be part of a gym or have mountains of equipment. You can certainly prepare with um, you doing body weight exercises. I mean, as most people probably have been doing in lockdown. But uh, if you have got the opportunity to sort of access uh, some weights, then definitely, Sarah's also alluded to, it's not just about them sort of usual areas that um, you think about. It is sort of like your grip, your forearm, um, things like that. But upper body is uh, definitely a consideration. It's taken one of my uh, major ambitions for quite a long time was to be able to um, achieve pull-ups. So it's about sort of setting yourself um, small goals. If you sooner you start and you sooner reach there, then it's a more achievable goal for you to sort of get, especially if you've got the timeline running up running up to tests but uh yeah yeah so i when i joined the fire service trained to be a pgi so i did an actual qualification through the my fire service to, to become a physical training instructor so i was already kind of keen on fitness in a sense anyway um albeit some of the tested catch quite a lot of, i thought i was kind of fit you know i thought i was strong some of the tested catch me out uh with saying that these these tests are not unachievable by by no means at all you know no matter the size strength who you are you know what what background or knowledge or information you have in fitness health and strength these these tests are by no means unachievable so please don't let us put you off by telling you what they actually are because you know if you're fit healthy um and you you kind of you've got the drive and motivation to get yourself to that standard they're, they're definitely achievable I do a lot of kind of CrossFit training, uh, interval training as well. So that's uh, for those that don't really know anything about interval training, it's it's really exerting yourself at a high intense level for a period of time and then having a rest break for a period of time and repeating that process up to eight times, really pushing myself because I feel that that, well, I, I know kind of factual, that does improve your VO2 max. If you are kind of wondering about this VO2 max 42.3, interval HIIT training is great for that. And a lot of gyms do HIIT classes, kettlebell classes, which is where you're working for an amount of time uh, and then resting for a small amount of time. So, for example, you could put the treadmill up to a level where you are sprinting and then coming off the treadmill, 
for 15 seconds, then jumping back on the treadmill for 30, back off for 15 and keep repeating that process. It doesn't have to be a treadmill. You could do that with kettlebells, weights, squats, burpees, you know, all them exercises that we, we don't really enjoy. And the CrossFit side to it for me is... I was a, a runner before I came into the fire service, hence why quite a lot of the tests caught areas of my body out. Um, I did quite a lot of obstacle course racing, but not really any strength training. And I did find my initial course, quite a lot of the equipment that we do have is really heavy. So I'll be some of the, the kilogram weights do seem quite high for the selection tests. You, you know, when you do embark on your career in the fire service, you, you will get that understanding of why. So I can remember the kind of the first time I picked up the biggest ladder that we have is 102 kilograms. Do share it over four persons, which makes it 25 kilograms-ish. I remember the first kind of time I put that up and thought, what, you want me to do this again and again and again and again? And they did. Uh, so the, the preparation for that, the strength training, is why I've now moved into kind of CrossFit training trying to build my strength in areas that I didn't really have it before. Snatches, cleans, anything like that with a dumbbell that you can get or something that's that's heavy that you can lift over your head. The grip one, that caught me out as well. I think it's something that you don't realise you don't have it until you have to test it. So for that one, real key thing to do would be farmer's walks. We have um, really heavy barrels on our fire engines in the service and they're really good now that I'm in for me to practice carrying and lifting. That really improves your grip. If you don't have that, quite a lot of gyms or less centers will have battle ropes and you can tie heavy heavy weights onto the end of the battle rope and you can pull that battle rope hand over hand through your hand, which will help you grip as well. There's some really great machines out there and techniques that you can use for the grip. So yeah, CrossFit. And a lot of a lot of hit training. And I must say that embarking on the fire service, I kind of thought I was fit beforehand. And I don't think I was. I think I was very one-dimensionally fit. I was fit to how I wanted to be. Um, and now I've got in and I'm making a career out of being in the fire service. I am much more all-round fit. So in areas that I was never before. So there is some real pros into where these selection tests can take your body when you're training for them. Uh, Sarah, have you got anything to add on? Um, well, I mean, as you said, I mean, HIT is like the most effective way of tackling VO2 max and that kind of training. As I've got older, I've had to sort of adjust because it, it just turned out that, you know, anything I did that was too violent on my knees, that um, it would uh, really wreck my knees. And I think I've probably talked to most of you before about yoga into my sessions now, and that has really helped with my mobility. I mean, you young things, you won't have to worry about that yet. But as you, it's definitely something to consider because, yeah, your body starts to, to change as you get older and you do have to make sure that you still got all the, the movement that you need. I've got a couple of questions, if you're ready for, about how to improve your grip strength, which I know you've just covered there, Emily. I've um, got a question also from Jenna about how much weight we, we need to carry on our back and including any kit. And Jenna, I'm assuming you're talking about um, like operationally once you're actually in the job. Now I'm getting a nod from Jenna. So would you two like to answer that? Yeah, so there's no real initial test of carrying anything on your back, which is obviously, you know, a pro. When you do get in the service, you will go through varies of weeks we've just done a whole time recruits course that was supposed to last 13 weeks due to covid uh, quite a lot of recruits getting covered we have to cut it a little bit shorter but they will build you up through um the kit that you carry which is a breathing apparatus set um as in service weigh 18 kilograms and then you've got to incorporate that's your full fire kit and a beer set on your back 18 kilograms can sound like a lot and i know it can myself but these these breathing apparatus sets are like 
kind of designed as a Bergen technique. So it does have a waist belt and the waist belt takes two thirds of the weight on your hips. So for, um, you know, any females in the room, we do tend to have quite uh, big glutes, sorry, quite strong glutes. And that's where the two thirds of the weight of that set lies on the belt buckle. So that, that weight itself, although it can sound daunting, isn't heavy and it definitely doesn't feel like 18 kilograms on your back. Um, if you were thinking of training for the weight on your back, I would kind of listen to the advice of the instructors at your training centre. So it won't be an instant that you've been offered the job and you've been invited on a recruits course. And on the second day, we're going to expect you to kind of lob this kit around on the second day. A lot of whole time recruits course have fitness built into the whole time recruits course. We we did fitness with our recruits three times a week. Um, and leading up to breathing apparatus week, we definitely put in some more fitness that would help that back strength, especially the lower spine strength to, to help people along the way. Helen, I think that's probably the same in, in your service that they definitely, it's not expected of you to come straight onto your recruits course and understand how to wear a breathing apparatus set. We're there to give you that instructors, instruction, um, instructions as instructors. Yeah, like you said, it's sort of designed, the course is designed to sort of slowly build, build you up um, with your fitness to starting off with things like basic things like hose running and things like that um, which sort of steadily lead up to um, breathing apparatus and on the course um, one of the main things I know in staffs and I'm sure it's the same across others is uh, once you put the breathing apparatus set on for the first time as well as the education around it it's um, the reassurance around the set as well so you do um, exercises and just walking around and using the set and, and uh, having trust and faith in the set that it will always give you as much um, as much air as you need no matter how hard you're working um, yeah so uh, I mean you do have to sort of carry additional kit but there is obviously a time limit on how long you're going to be wearing your breathing apparatus set for depending on how much air you're using at the time consideration is taken into account to sort of rotate people um, on incidents and training etc um, okay, so from Simon, all services should have a universal standard for tests. No chance. Services love doing everything differently. It's, it's the hallmark of the fire service. And in some ways, that's a good thing because um, my nemesis was always the bleep test. Um, I was a swimmer uh, and I've never been a runner, no way, shape or form. And um, I, I, because this actually links into another question, did you get through first time in the process? No, I did not, because I could pass everything apart from the rotten bleep test and it was my absolute nemesis. And um, eventually I, I got to the point where I thought, well, I'm training to this, I'm, I'm just not getting any faster. I even went to a university and paid for um, a treadmill test with the mask on uh, at a sports university to, because I felt like I wasn't really improving that much. They tested me and they said, yeah, you've got the capacity but you, your running style is not very good. You're not a very efficient runner. I was like, yeah, so I'm, I'm aware of this. And so I was at that point where I thought, well, I'm never going to get in. Uh, I'd been a, a retained firefighter and I thought, well, I might as well just forget about it because I'm spending an awful lot of time and effort training to this. And then uh, I went to a service that didn't use the bleed test. They used the, um, the step test and I flew through it. And thank goodness they used different ones. Otherwise I'd have never joined the fire service. And it's still... Still, my blood runs cold at the bleep test, but um, it's about making sure that my fitness is there. Um, and I know that's never going to really be reflected. And so in some ways, it, it's great that <laughs> there, are different, there are different services. And for, I have never felt 
on a, a, a instant ground or um, while being in the service that my uh, slow running has been a, a barrier because we don't run. What we need is we need stamina, we need strength and we need that fitness to, to keep going and, and be able to, you know, potentially work harder the longer you're working. And so, yeah. Emily and uh, Helen, did you pass first time? Um, yes. Very good. Um, albeit it, it gave me an eye opener. It did. It, like I said, it used parts of my body that I didn't expect it to. But yeah, thankfully, I, I did. Um, I wish we have a bit of a chat about some personal experiences going through the test and then kind of wrap up with some more questions. Is that direction we're going in so I'll just kind of cover how I felt going into my tests and this is going to be the completely honest and unrehearsed story so please bear with me um but I had a job doing graphic design and wanted to apply for the nearest on-call station generally because I just didn't like my job and I wanted to get out of the office um, and I knew that we were released and I thought oh you know it'd be probably a good crack I'll probably really enjoy it got invited for my selection tests and I generally didn't think that on-call firefighters at the time got paid I was just thought it was voluntary so that was a nice surprise when I got kind of the contract through as well uh went and got this letter that said right can you please come to Weezing World Training Centre on this day and you're going to undergo physical selection tests and I just didn't have a clue um I remember the morning of the actual physical selection test driving to the training centre setting off about three hours too early because I was that nervous and then pulling up outside I, had, I remember the exact car I had I had this little black and white Mini Cooper and parked not even in the car park because I daren't drive into the car park like that was just too much for me I just daren't drive into the car park parked on the lane off from the train centre and I sat in my car like 40 minutes thinking I don't want to do this I don't want to do this thankfully I put like the age I was at the time as well, posted on social media where I was and got that much encouragement from people on Facebook, like saying, you know, you've got this, go in, smash it, that I got out of my car and got into the training centre and within probably about 45 seconds of walking in and bumping into the first member of staff, just thought, what was wrong with me? Why didn't I just walk straight in? So that that whole anticipation and nerve, nerves of, you know, Am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be, am I going to pass this? What, what if they don't? You know, what if they're not nice to me? That that just needs to be completely thrown out the window. Um, and although the fire service is a male-dominated workforce, um, I walked in and was greeted by a female watch manager, um, which which did put my mind at rest instantly straight away. You will go through the exact same test, and you will have to res, res achieve the same pass mark and standard of test. But when I got when I got into the training centre and and kind of was greeted by everyone at training school, I was just it's like the weight was lifted off my shoulder. And I just thought actually they're not here to catch me out. They're not here to fail me. Uh, and we had like a safety brief at the start and it kind of reassured me. Please ask questions. Obviously, you've got to carry yourself in a professional manner because we are looking at recruiting people um, to be in the service. But they they really reassured me that it's okay to not understand. It's okay to be nervous and it's okay to ask questions. Uh, when when I got all PPE'd up and, and got ready to take the test, they, they were so good at kind of explaining everything step by step, even to the point of my naivety maybe thought, oh, they won't want me to pass. Because um, you do, you build yourself up and you get that anxious that you think that they want to fail people. And they were so reassuring and they kind of said something, they still say in North Yorkshire after leaving training centre, you know, if I'm telling you to speed up, it's because we want you to pass. 
if I'm telling you to slow down, it's not to catch you out. It's because we don't want you to exert yourself too much. We want you to pass all the tests and not just burn out on one. And I kind of thought that that just put my mind at ease straight away. I thought they want me to get through this test. And I can guarantee every single service that you go to, when you walk through that door, they want you to walk out with a pass and they want you to embark on a career with them. So um, any, any thoughts like that you've got that in your brain, um, please completely remove. And as, as Sarah said, please knock on every single, obviously when the restrictions have gone, knock on every um, fire service door, pick up the phone, ask if you can come down and have a chat with them. And don't feel like you're being a bugbear or a pest. Like it's generally something that I think if you're in the fire service, you're passionate about helping people and that's what we want to do. So please knock on every door. And I've probably spoke a bit too much then. So I'm going to pass on to Helen about her experience of the test. Cheers, Emily. Um, so for me, I sort of want to get out of the way any sort of um, miss about being a, an athlete to join the fire service. So if we go back as far as school, I was always the last person to get picked at sports um, and I certainly didn't excel at sports at school and didn't enjoy sports but then uh, as I grew older I started uh, running and doing uh, some some uh, some fitness training and it was just something I saw advertised I was uh, 24 when I joined um, I saw it advertised I didn't have any concept of the requirements what was needed what was involved there was certainly is wasn't the sort of support mechanism then that there is now and the awareness of what the job role then takes preparedness that um, certainly is such as you're getting today so I probably went quite ill prepared I'd uh, not done the leap test before I know I went up and the place was full of um, a lot of people it was predominantly white male again but there was uh, a lot of people that um, were very sort of semi-professional football players and things like that so um breezed the the bleep test so I failed the first time then I did get in retained on call um, in my uh, local station um, which was fantastic and then I was afforded the opportunity to go for it again I think it was about uh, 12 18 months later at which point I was a lot better prepared a lot fitter um, a lot stronger and I went along and uh, I was fortunate uh, enough to pass and as we discussed earlier that sort of way your journey starts and going up to training school is a little bit more militarised sort of uh, over 20 years ago it's a lot better environment now it's very very supportive and as Emily said everybody wants to sort of like um, support you and the courses are laid out in order to make sure that they put you in the best position to pass I would definitely recommend a career within the service if it's not something that you you know you think that you're physically fit for it's, it is achievable you are able to do it and there are the resources out there and give yourself enough time and I think it's just having your confidence in your own ability as well so so yeah mine was a uh, mine was second time around so we just got time for a couple of questions now. Uh, so Caitlin has got her um, on-call fitness test on the 22nd of this month. And she's saying uh, she doesn't quite feel strong enough. Does she have any home workouts for upper body? Now, my advice about that is the 22nd is not very long away. Don't injure yourself. Some mad last ditch attempt to, to get stronger. But also, if you don't pass this time, it's okay like we've just talked about you know that's your opportunity to to work on it but that so that's my advice uh, and over to the other two yeah I, I i totally agree with that there i think the 22nd is is coming around the corner in it and you know what we definitely don't want to do is end up hurting yourself but I'd, I'd say try not to worry try and put that anxiety of you you're not going to pass it to the back of your mind with the with the motivation and drive that you have got 
attending sessions like this and you know obviously wanting to be in the on-call hopefully that drive and motivation will will get you through I think moving forward if this 22nd doesn't come and you know all absolutely ruined for you and I'm sure you will pass I have all all the the hope in the world that you do um definitely speak to the fitness tester and see if they've got any individual programs and if you have been training leading up to this then it's absolutely even better I'm sure I'm sure you'll you'll fly through it the home workouts are such like the, there's some great body weight workouts for strength such as tricep dips press ups pull ups if you've got something to pull up but it doesn't necessarily need to be pulling your full body off the weight you could just use like maybe a headboard to do pull ups where your feet are still on the floor loads of different things you can use in your house for stuff like that if you are well on your way with doing press ups just you know normal press ups then you can start maybe using your stairs and lifting your feet up one step and doing kind of decline press ups because it's putting more weight onto your shoulders but again Doing something kind of like that advanced at this stage, I think definitely the rest, get yourself some sleep, rest, focus on the goal, which you'll you'll definitely achieve. I hope that helps, Caitlin. Uh, Annika has asked, uh, one of the things she's been struggling with over COVID is my diet. What kind of advice can you share around diet? Unfortunately, I can give you no advice whatsoever, um, Annika, so I'll pass over to the other two. My instant comment is, haven't we all? <laughs> but, but I'll keep that to one side. Diet is generally I I don't don't really watch what I eat as such I'm just very everything in moderation so I don't like to kind of punish myself if I have a bad day by no means I think that's not a way to live a healthy lifestyle I think um everything in moderation uh, your sugars obviously uh, things like that your sugary drinks that's definitely one thing I've kind of tried to sideswipe and stay away from but if you look into the nutritional side of things, you've got to fuel and feed them muscles. So if you just go onto kind of like a, a low carb salad diet, coming up to the selection tests, you're not going to have the energy and to burn to actually train specifically for these tests because your muscles need that fuel and food to grow and to recover. Um, especially if you've got the test on the 22nd, I'd definitely not recommend kind of cutting down your food because you want that strength and you want that energy. So the, the training program that you do need to pass this selection test may be quite carby, maybe quite proteiny, but that's because you, your muscles are growing and your muscles need them. Your fats, there is good fats, there's bad fats. I think I think we all know that, but I tend to like the bad fats more than most people do. Um, so everything in moderation, but don't be afraid if you, you are training and you're eating more or you're up in your calories. I think training for the selection test, I definitely probably expect to see an intake of your calories to go up because you want their muscles to grow. And if you don't feed them, you'll end up injuring yourself for, for sure. So uh, carbs, brown carbs, proteins, good fats, lots and lots of lots of sleep. Can't encourage that enough to recover their muscles and water. Keep yourself hydrated. Um, I'm quite a snacky picky person, especially if I'm having a, a bad day. Um, and tips such as like, you know, how many litres of water are you drinking a day? Are you drinking enough? Because that can be a sign of hunger. But we'll, we'll all get back on track. I think once COVID's gone, hopefully we'll get our social environment back and and get out there a little bit more. But we can definitely all empathise with how you're feeling on that one. <laughs> Helen, anything to add on that? No, I think Emily's nailed it there. I think uh, it's it's about to just not putting too much pressure on yourself either. I think we sort of all know what to, what a balanced diet is, but equally you don't want to sort of restrict yourself too much because if you're putting if you're putting the work in then like Annie says you, you need the calorie intake and it's not about 
cutting down it's about sort of almost building up and keeping yourself uh, healthy and well and giving yourself plenty of nutrition to be able to sort of achieve your goals in our service in Orthodoxia, and with the direction the way the fire service is going i know this will be very standard for across the services so I'm probably look at sarah and helen to agree with me on this about 15 years ago so scrapped the fact that if you've got the best time in the world um, you'd get priority. We completely scrapped that. Um, now a pass is a pass. So it doesn't matter whether you pass at three minutes and a half for the equipment carry or five minutes six for the equipment carry. You've got that pass. You've shown us that you've got that strength, that fitness um, to achieve that standard pass mark. And you'll go, you'll go through the process exactly the same as the person that's fastest. Because the main thing is that I can't stress enough that we don't want firefighters that are just fast. We don't want firefighters that are just really strong and we don't want firefighters that are just one dimensional. So we want the best of everyone. Um, and albeit you might get a slower time on the equipment carry, you might um, have a knack for collecting information or a knack for noticing stuff. And that's the way that the fire services are going now. We want every single shape, form, person out there. And as long as you've got that pass mark and you can show us that you're able to do the job, that's great enough. And I think I got a nod of Sarah for... Yeah, they, they've gone the same with that one, but I'll pass over to them to give you their insight to their service as well. Yeah, just very briefly, um, there's a standard uh, that we expect people to pass. It's that standard. It doesn't matter if you can, can do it in half the time, that standard. That is the standard that we have decided is um, applicable and relevant to the role that we're asking you to undertake. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's not like, um, and it will never come down to the crunch. So with North Yorkshire Safe, we had two people interview and we were kind of like thinking, you know, which one should we offer the contract to? We would never then go back and be like, well, actually they got faster in that. That's not an option. That's not legal. That's not something that the fire service would do. So yeah, yeah a pass is a pass and it'll go into the next stage with a nice clean um, slate again and you'll go mm. and absolutely smash that bit as well. Okay, so we're getting lots of thank yous. Unless there's any other questions, I think uh, we'll say thank you very much for coming again this evening. It looks like lots of people have found it very useful. I think uh, everyone will join with me by saying thank you very much to Emily and to Helen. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Good luck. Thank you for listening to the Women in the Fire Service podcast. We hope we have boosted your training confidence and dispelled some old myths about what it takes to be firefighter fit. In our next episode, we talk about maternity, work-life balance and inclusion policies and how the modern fire service is a family-friendly environment. Women in the Fire Service is a not-for-profit organisation. Want to learn more? Visit WFS org.uk and remember there's no such thing as a typical firefighter